I guess I know something since I was picked to do yeah. this. Um, we did serve breakfast in bed, so I wasn't qualified before today. I guess I am now. Um, we're going to have a little Devo from, uh, this is Luke chapter 8. Um, and to start us off, I just want to ask us a couple questions. These are uh, good questions for uh, self-examination. Um, I've been enjoying a lot from uh, the world of sports psychology lately. Um, and there's a good overlap there. Sometimes, you know, obviously the Bible is the best way for spiritual growth, but sometimes there's other, some other things you can, you can overlap there um, that overlap well. And actually, sports psychology is a great one because uh, sports psychologists try to help athletes really hone in up here mentally so that they can really do what it is they want to do. And uh, the same Greek word that, that we get psyche and psychology from is the same Greek word that we get soul from. So soul examination is basically uh, what a lot of these sports psychologists are doing. And I like listening to this one guy because there's a very spiritual slant, especially if you're a Christian, that you can get from him. He starts with his guys. He works mainly with uh, men's sports teams. First thing he does when he sits down with them is he asks them, who are you and what do you want? So think about that for yourself. That stumped me for a whole drive home for a while. Who are you and what do you want? Well, we get a great uh, glimpse into... Uh, what would be maybe a, a noble way to answer that from the life of Jesus. So we're going to take a snapshot here um, on a day in the life of Jesus. Let's read this uh, scripture. Luke chapter 8. And now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him. Obviously he was coming from somewhere else, for they were all uh, waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians... She could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive the power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So just uh, looking at the situation here, you know, Jesus is approached by somebody that has a need, and he's going to go take care of that. And he's on his way, and there's all this commotion around him. He's surrounded by people much like he had been before. Like Peter said, the crowds are pressing in on him. Uh, many movies have made you know, depictions of this, and I think you can picture the scene. Jesus is trying to just make his way to where he's going, and 
you know, he's being slowed down, crowded around. Um, and then this woman comes, behind, comes up behind him and touches him. And he stops what he's doing to address her. And, uh, you know, a huge thing that, that we learn from this that's great for us. And, uh, man, I learned this long ago. And this has done wonders in my family. Jesus was willing to be interrupted. He's doing something, and he's just willing to stop it to do something else. You know, and I have to confess, uh, if I have a target goal or, or something I'm trying to accomplish, as commotion and distractions mount up around me, I become more focused on my target, really trying to push away the distractions. The distractions uh, will bother me. As the distraction and the, and the uh, uh, commotion rises, so does my determination rise. You're not going to take me away from what I'm trying to do. Either that or my ability to remain spiritual totally disintegrates. I become frustrated, impatient, irritated. Um, it just, you know, it all goes bad if I'm being distracted from what it is I'm trying to do. And we can challenge ourselves with a, a great uh, question. What kinds of things do I hate being pulled away from? What kinds of things do I hate being pulled away from? Um, some men hate being pulled away from work. They'll just stay at work. I have to work. Sometimes they're being distracted from work. Hey, this is something I just have to do. He's challenging me. He's going to see if, I, if I'll stop what I'm doing. To, yeah. Uh, some people who like, you know, just working out or having hobbies won't be pulled away from that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my workout. I'm going to have my time. I'm going to have my time for me. Um, in our culture, games. We love our games. We love our sports, our video games. You know, there's this big game on um, right now, by the way, NHL playoffs, some of the most intense, great uh, sports you'll ever see. Check in on that. We're in conference final time right now. But, uh, man, the game's coming on. I got to catch this game. Either watching it or playing it, we got to have our, our play time. And uh, I had a buddy, great, I mean, this is kind of a joke, but um, he said DVR was the best thing to happen to marriages. Because <laughs> you could pause your game. They get up and, you know, take care of your wife. So what kind of example does Jesus give us? Kids, you're playing video games. Mom gets home. Stop what you're doing. Get up. Greet mom. Maybe mom's got stuff she needs to carry in. Help mom carry that stuff in. Stop what you're doing. Maybe mom is, uh, or your wife is picking up, cleaning up, multitasking the way they like to do. Maybe while I'm watching my game or playing my game. Maybe that's a good time for me to take notice of what's going on, that need over there, as much like Jesus did, and say, hey, there's somebody over there who needs me. I'm going to stop what I'm doing, and I'm going to get over there and, and take care of that. You know, and this is something uh, that really struck me. Uh, if you think about it, um, Jesus had had experiences like this very often, going from point A to point B, lots of crowds, lots of people. Um, 
Jesus felt many touches. Many people were touching him that day. You know, even Peter said, he's like, how could you say, like, you know, how could you ask who, who touched me? People are, like, all around you. But he took notice of one particular person. I'm sure the crowds looked much like many of the other crowds. But in this crowd, look at how he took notice of one person. Others may need me, maybe Jesus is thinking, but I'm shutting out all other needs right now to meet this person's needs. I think this would be a great uh, attitude for us to adopt. This is, this is noble. Um, this is just the art of just being a gentleman, isn't it? So guys, let's be gentlemen, let's be noble, let's love our mothers, our wives, the women in our lives, like Jesus did. Amen.